The Johnson Wax Program with Fibber McGee and Molly. The makers of Johnson's Wax and Johnson's Self-Polishing Glow Coat present Fibber McGee and Molly, written by Don Quinn, with songs by the King's Men and music by Billy Mills. The show opens with New Sun in the Sky. about this war, it's bringing people in all communities closer together. It offers more and more of us, men, women, and children, opportunities to be of service. Many of you ladies face the problem of keeping your homes up, taking care of your families in less time so you can give part of your time to defense work when needed. Anything that can save you unnecessary work is welcome, which means that in millions of homes, Johnson's self-polishing glow coat is most certainly welcome. With Glow Coat, you can keep your linoleum and other floors clean and beautiful and save hours of work. You do away with floor scrubbing. And you save again because there's no rubbing or buffing required with Glow Coat. The regular use of Glow Coat makes linoleum last six times longer than an unprotected floor. If you have signed our government's consumer pledge to take better care of the things you have, you'll find Glow Coat a great help. Be sure you get the real thing. Johnson's self-polishing glow coat. indignantly deny that Wistful Vista is a one-horse town, but we cheerfully admit that the McGees are a one-horse family. <laughs> and here with Lillian, that's the horse, in the garage, and her co-owners in the living room, one lying on the sofa and the other knitting, we find Fibber McGee and Molly. McGee, why don't you go out and shovel off the front walk? Huh? You'll get fat lying down like that right after a hearty lunch. Hey, maybe I'm better at that. I won't be available very much till after March 15th, you know. Where'll you be until March 15th? Oh, you know, deep in the heart of Texas. <laughs> <laughs> wow. The way our outgo eats up our income. Hey, that reminds me. Did you feed the horse? Yes, I fed her while you were snoring here on the sofa. I was not snoring. I'm merely a baritone breather. <laughs> What'd you give Lillian? Did you give her her oats? Yes, but she didn't seem to like them very much. I never heard of an egg that didn't like oats. Must be off her feed. Yes, she probably looked in the wind and saw you eating like a horse and got jealous. <laughs> no kidding, Molly. Wouldn't she eat her oats? Well, not all of them. Maybe I put too much cream and sugar on them. Cream and sugar on Lillian's oats? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, and then I tried her with some cornflakes. She liked those fine. She ate four boxes of them. Four boxes? Oh, well, that ain't so much for a growing horse. Say, you know, McGee, she's got bad table manners, too. Huh? She kept blowing the cornflakes off the spoon like this, you know. I guess I better feed her myself after this, Molly. I know more about... Come in. 
Well, I'll be Horatio K. Boomer. Hello, Mr. Boomer. Good day, my dear, and a chittering Tuesday to you, Chitmouth. <laughs> Haven't seen you for a long time, Boomer. What you been doing? Frankly, my festiferous young pickle puss, <laughs> I've been working for the government for the past 90 days as an Arkansas geologist. Well, what on earth is an Arkansas geologist, Mr. Boomer? Very interesting profession. We take big rocks and make little rocks. <laughs> I catch on. One of those jobs where you're bored in room or thrown in. After you are. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. By the way, Boomer, I've never been dunked in a dungeon myself. What kind of food do you get? Not bad. Not bad at all, bug face. <laughs> I remember one night I had a tasty appetizer of stuffed eggs Romanoff, a delightful puri de mango, julienne, romaine salad with Russian dressing, breast of guinea hen under glass, an artichoke with hollandaise, and a bit of camembert with my demitasse. <laughs> well, heavenly days, that sounds like a New York restaurant. It was, Golden Girl, it was. Unfortunately, I was reapprehended that same evening and returned to the Bastille. <laughs> where slum conditions prevail. <laughs> Which isn't bad if you care for slum. <laughs> well, what'd you stop by here for, Boomer? Want us to join the Crook of the Month Club? <laughs> <laughs> That's very good, Limberlip, very good. And clean, too. <laughs> I can tell that one to my mother when she gets out. <laughs> but I just stopped in to request a small favor. What's the favor, Mr. Boomer? Just wondered if I could leave this suitcase in your care for a day or so. Why? What's in it? A few valuables belonging to an old aunt of mine. She's moving and doesn't want this stuff lying around. Oh, well, all right, Mr. Boomer. We'll take care of it. Is your aunt moving today? Yes, yeah, she is, my dear. Seems that her husband... My Uncle Winthrop, by marriage, on my father's side. Yeah. He was the only one who was on father's side. <laughs> anyway, it seems he had a little printing press in the basement that made too much noise. Well, the neighbors complained? No, but we began to suspect it was being heard in Washington, D.C. <laughs> you know what I mean. If you do, keep your trap shut. <laughs> Thank you very much, Glamour Gam, and a stiff little nod to you, little stiff. Gentlemen, we ask you again not to let up in your purchase of United States defense bonds. And we are proud to announce a new bond between this country and its gallant defenders. Fibber McGee and Molly programs for the rest of this season will be sent by delayed shortwave broadcast to our troops in Iceland, Newfoundland, Ireland, Cuba, Bermuda, Trinidad, Panama Canal Zone, the Philippines, the Far East, and all parts of the world. We hope the boys enjoy the broadcasts 
as much as we do the thought of sending them a few smiles from home. right by keeping this suitcase for Boomer? Well, I don't know why not, McGee. So that was a ridiculous excuse, his dear old aunt moving. Yeah. I suppose it's full of counterfeit dough or stolen goods or hot inner tubes or something. <laughs> I got a good notion to open it. McGee, you'll do no such a thing. Huh? It wouldn't be right or decent. What's in that suitcase is absolutely none of our oh, business. Well. The idea of betraying a trust like that. First shame. Oh, well, gee. Anyway, my... you can't open it. It's locked. <laughs> How do you know? Well, my hand accidentally bumped against the latches two or three times, and it didn't open. Uh, I'll bet I could get it open. Give me a hairpin. I will not. It's one thing to have it open accidentally, and quite another thing to deliberately break into it. Well, I guess you're right, Molly. After all, Boomer did trust us with it. Why, of course he did. Yeah? And if we're not the kind of people who can be trusted with a little suitcase, I'll bet it would spring open if you knocked it off the table. <laughs> I'll bet it would, too, but, gee, I'd feel awful cheap doing it. Oh, I would, too. Mm -hmm. Is the table high enough? No, the bookcase would be better. It's higher. Okay. Now, if I leave it up here on the bookcase... That's it. Now, if somebody should slam the door hard and it jarred off onto the floor and sprung open, nobody could blame us. That'd be an act of providence. See who that is, providence. Come in. Abigail. Uh, how do you do, my dear? And Mr. McGee. Hi, sis. What's amiss? <laughs> Boy, nothing at all, Mr. McGee, really. I merely wish to make some inquiries regarding the horse you purchased last week. Oh, why, certainly, Abigail. <laughs> well, you tell her, Molly. You braided Lillian's hair this morning, so you'll know the main fact. <laughs> <laughs> I just adore listening to you when you're in one of your humorous moods. <laughs> that was it, too. <laughs> do, do tell some jokes. <laughs> okay. Well, it seems there was a traveling salesman. McGee! <laughs> just okay. what was it uh, you wanted to know about Abigail Lillian? Mm -hmm. I mean Lillian Abigail. <laughs> Natural mistake. <laughs> well, first, my dear... <laughs> Uh, first of all, is she well broken to the saddle? Oh, she's a riding horse, all right, Uppy. What kind of saddle do you like? Kentucky, McClellan, English, or Western? Well, I personally prefer a modified English type, Mr. McGee. I, um, I have job furs, you see. Oh, you poor thing. <laughs> Do you hear that, dearie? She has job furs. I had doctors once. <laughs> Couldn't ride a horse for six months. The doctor says it was the worst case of jodhpurs he ever saw. Started with a little small jodhpur on my neck and spread... Now, please. Mr. McGee, jodhpurs is not a disease. Jodhpurs are a type of riding breeches. For women? Yes. And it's still a disease. <laughs> oh, 
Oh, you're prejudiced, McGee. Oh, uh, by the way, when I saw Mr. McGee leading Lillian around the block this morning, she seemed, uh, well, uh, just a touch, uh, uh, sway-backed. <laughs> oh, really? I hadn't noticed. What do you mean, sway-backed? She ain't sway-backed. She's just big-hearted. <laughs> and what is that to do with a sagging spine, Mr. McGee? Her spine don't sag, I tell you. Her heart is so big it pulls her down in the middle. <laughs> Mr. McGee, I seem to sense an attitude of ridicule on your part. Oh, now, Abigail. And for your information, Mr. McGee, I hold seven blue ribbons for equitation. And furthermore... Furthermore what? Uh, pardon me, but this suitcase on the bookcase is about to fall off. I'll, I'll push it back a little. Oh. Mm. Now, that's much better. Uh, what was I saying? Oh, oh, yes. Goodbye. <laughs> Equitation, my eye. Suppose she is a good swimmer. <laughs> What's that got to do with riding a horse? Well, search me, but shove that suitcase a little forward again, McGee. It'll never fall off that way. Well, thanks to Uppy, the meddlesome old moose. <clears throat> there. There we are. It'll fall now if a mosquito winks at it. Where can we get a mosquito at this time of year? I was just speaking metaphorically. What I meant to say... <laughs> oh, folks, say, I hear you have a house guest. House guest? Yeah, somebody named Lillian. Oh, oh, yeah, Lillian. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's a great kid, too. I don't know. Now, she's out right now. Well, I'd like to meet her sometime. Blonde or brunette? Well, I don't know. I'd say she's almost platinum blonde, wouldn't you, McGee? Yeah, with big brown eyes, Harlow, nice white teeth, and the softest lips. Oh. <laughs> is she married? I don't think so. Is she, McGee? I think she was once. <laughs> Some old horse named Prince, I think. <laughs> He's in the army now. <laughs> Last I heard of him, he was, uh, he was, uh, well, I think he's just under a major. <laughs> Say, why'd you ask, Mr. Wilcox? You're married, you Oh, I haven't got any romantic interest in this Lillian. She merely interests me as a prospect for Johnson products. I'd like to have a heart-to-heart -heart talk with her one of these days. How old is she? Oh, I'd say about 18 or 19. Oh, great. Just the right age. She'll be getting hitched one of these days. <laughs> and have a little home of her own. And I hate to think of a girl settling down without knowing about Johnson's wax and Johnson's self-polishing glow coat. Say, incidentally, is Lillian a local girl? No, she's from Kentucky, Mr. Wilcox. The bluegrass country. Oh. Accent? Uh, just a trace of southern drool at times. <laughs> Why? Well, these southern girls sure know how to make a home. Famous old southern hospitality, you know. The old mansions down there have always been great users of Johnson's Wax. That's why some of them have been so well-preserved. And it's even more important now, isn't it? It surely is. And there's nothing like Johnson's Wax to give longer life and better wear to wood and enameled products and a thousand other things. Just like Johnson's self-polishing glow coat beautifies and preserves linoleum with a minimum of expense and work. Gee, I wish Lillian were here so I could tell her. Well, now you come back any time, Mr. Wilcox. We'll be glad to introduce you. If you really want to make a hit with her, Harlow, I bring her an apple or a carrot. Oh. <laughs> Vegetarian, eh? Strictly. 
Say, I've got a great idea. Huh? My wife is going to a fashion show at the Bonton tomorrow. Uh-huh. I'll have her call Lillian and invite her to go along. How's that? Oh, well, now, I don't know. Oh, now, listen. A girl's got to get out and meet people. She's got to get out. She can't just hang around home and eat carrots and apples. What do you think she is, a horse? <laughs> Just see Lillian at the Bonton, McGee, giving the new spring hats the horse laugh. <laughs> Wait till Harlow tries to call her. She'll give him the old stall. <laughs> uh, hey. What? That suitcase didn't fall down when he slammed the door. Well, maybe he didn't close it tight, McGee. Close it again. Okay. There. there. Oh. McGee, look. Oh. Look what came out of that suitcase. Oh, get a load of that silverware. It's stolen. That's what it is. Look at the box. And the knickknacks. And the jewelry. And the money. Look at that water dough. Hey, this is a case for the cops. Why, well, certainly it is. Call them up quick, okay. dearie. I don't want this stuff in the house any longer than necessary. <laughs> Give me the phone. Thanks. Hello, operator. Give me the police... Oh, is that you, Mert? Oh, dear. <laughs> How's every little thing, Mert? Says, eh? What say, Mert? Your sister, Gypsy Ruth, the fan dancer... Huh? Wants me to see if she's taken off too much. Oh, heavenly days, McGee. That's indecent. No, no, it ain't. She's, she's making out her income tax. <laughs> what say, Mert? Okay, thanks anyway, Mert. She can't take any calls from us, Molly. I forgot to pay the bill. Oh, dear, oh, dear. I'll run over to Mrs. Toops and use their phone, McGee. You keep an eye on this jewelry and stuff. I'll say I will. Boy, what a load of loot. What silver? I never realized Boomer was such a sterling character. <laughs> Why, there's enough of this stuff in... Uh-oh, better get that stuff inside. Come in. Hi, mister. Oh, hello, little girl. Now, go away, will you? I'm busy. I, I got some important business to tend to. Go on, beat it, go. Oh, you're always too busy to talk to me, I bet you. Mm. I just want to go out in the garage and see your horse. Mm. Okay, 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 go ahead. Gee, thanks, mister. Can I feed her a lump of sugar? Can I please? Well, <laughs> you better just talk to her, sis. <laughs> Give me the lump of sugar. Here you are. Thanks. Horses don't appreciate the value of this stuff nowadays. Now, don't let Lillian kick you, sis. Oh, <laughs> I'm not afraid of horses, I bet you. No? <laughs> I go down to a farm every summer. Oh, you do? Hmm? I says, oh, you do? Do what? Hip. <laughs> Go down to a farm every summer. Gee, so do I. <laughs> That's what I... Oh, all right. Go on, sis. Go see Lillian. All right. I want to see her little baby, too. Baby? Mm-hmm. Our horse hasn't got any baby. Oh, <laughs> yes, he has, I bet you. <laughs> oh, no, she has. Oh, yes, he has. Oh, no. What makes you think our horse has a baby? My daddy said so. Oh, he did, eh? Your daddy done told you, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what does he know about our horse? Well, I don't know, mister, but this morning when you were leading Lillian around the block, daddy saw you out the window and he said to my mama, Hey, Susie, get a load of the hoofs on that hay burner. If she isn't a mother, I never saw one. <laughs> Thank you. Kingsman and deep in the heart of Texas. The stars at night are big and bright. Deep in the heart of Texas, the prairie. 
cloudy sky is wide and high. Deep in the heart of Texas, the sage in bloom is like perfume. Deep in the heart of Texas, reminds me of the one I love. Deep in the heart of Texas, I love every little yellow rose. I love it when the Texas northern blows. I love every blade of grass that grows. Down in Texas, the midnight train whistles over the plain. Deep in the heart of Texas, and by the spring, hear the cowbells ring. Deep in the heart of Texas, the rustlers race to their hideaway place. Deep in the badlands of Texas, they'll never get away for crime doesn't pay. Deep in the heart of Texas, the coyotes wail along the trail. Hear all the cowboys cry as they gallop on by Coyote I love to listen to the bawling of the cattle. I love to ride around the prairie in the saddle. So let the doggies cry. I want to live and die. Deep in the heart of Texas. Mr. Boomer and come and get this suitcase full of stuff. I won't have it in the house. Me either. I'm no offense. Even if I am always around the house. <laughs> you get a Molly stolen goods fence around the house? <laughs> Ain't funny, McGee. I got a big laugh with that in a high school play once. I wrote it myself, too. You did? Yeah, I called it Abe's Irish Rose, and it was all about a young couple that wanted You didn't to... write that. Ann Nichols wrote that, and it ran for years in New York. It did? Sure. And she never paid me a dime royalty. <laughs> How do you like that? I guess I better copyright my other one. What other one? Tobacco Road? <laughs> no, but there's a good title. I can use that sometime. My other play is about a rich millionaire playboy that gets married seven times. His name is Moore, and I call the play the Moore the Marrier. <laughs> it's a play on words, but people yeah. go for that kind of stuff. Oh, here, please, McGee, get the suitcase. I hope they caught Boomer. That guy is as slippery as a plate of watermelon when you're wearing your best white pants. Who? Me. Oh. Come in. Oh. Oh, hi, Latrivia. We thought it was the cops. And Mr. Boomer, what on earth are you two doing together? Seems to have been a slight error in judgment, my dear. Yes, indeed. I'll say there was. By leaving that suitcase here, you... Excuse me, please. I'll handle this. Mrs. McGee, you called the police, I believe, and had them arrest Mr. Boomer. I did. Any man who would deliberately leave a suitcase full of stolen goods without... Ah, yes. Better and better. I am now accused of being a thief, and in front of witnesses, too. Well, you are. I think you'd better not say any more, McGee, until you've heard the whole story. What story? We have checked thoroughly on Mr. Boomer, and we find that his aunt is moving today. This suitcase and contents is her property, and Mr. Boomer did leave it with you for safekeeping. There is no case against him whatsoever. Oh. Oh, dear. Well. Well, I'm sorry, Boomer, but you know how it is. Give a dog a bad name, and people are bound to bark up the wrong tree. (laughs) I made it. Keep your condolences, Prune Pit. 
I have been sorely wounded, cut to the quick. My self-esteem has been rudely shattered, and I shall seek equity in the court of law. What? My attorneys, Wagstaff, Wormser, Clamwell, Offendurfer, Bergheim, O'Toole, and a sightly wench in their outer office... <laughs> will serve papers on you shortly. You have been guilty of libel, slander, and defamation of character. Can he do that to us, Mr. Mayor? As a public official, Mrs. McGee, I cannot advise you. But uh, privately, in my capacity of lawyer, I should say he has a clear-cut case. He can recover large amounts of damages. I'll make it easy, Riff Raff. Fifty thousand. Fifty thousand? Why, you big crook? A hundred thousand. Oh, yeah? I bet you planted that suitcase here on purpose, knowing that we couldn't resist the tent. <laughs> knowing that it might come open, and then you could sue us. You, you chiseler. Two hundred thousand. Do I hear any further bidding? Going, going, gone to the overnourished little termite in the repulsive necktie. <laughs> if I might make a suggestion, my friends, let's talk this thing over. I'm sure there's been some misunderstanding. Two hundred thousand, not a cent less. The honor of the boomers is at stake, and if there's anything I like, it's a good stake. Yes, indeed. I'm quite sure that if a proper apology was made to Mr. Boomer... I won't apologize. That guy's as crooked as a hotel coat hanger. And I won't get a... He won't get a nickel out of me. Pardon me a minute. Now, isn't there something in the law, Mr. Mayor, about a complainant coming into court with clean hands? Yes, there is, Mrs. McGee, now that you speak of it. If a complainant wishes to sue and his past record has been... Such I'll come down to 50000 <laughs> He can't sue anybody. He's been in more courts than Helen Wills. And if he thinks for one minute... Uh, 10000 Why, he's got a prison record as long as my arm, and if the government were asked about him... Uh, 500 <laughs> Just a moment, Mr. Boomer. I think it might be wise to drop the case right here. If it's true that you have a criminal record, Nothing of I... the sort, nothing of the sort. Merely because I have frequently been the unfortunate victim of legal persecution, never let it be said that Horatio K. Boomer would not seek to vindicate his integrity. How about a hundred bucks, Pipsqueak? <laughs> Mr. Mayor. Under the circumstances, Mrs. McGee, I don't like to see you do it, but if he really starts suit, it would cost you more than that to defend yourself. All right. Pay him, dearie. Well, okay. <laughs> I just got a hundred on me. Here, Boomer. Ah, thank you, my boy. Thank you. We shall consider the whole unfortunate matter closed as of now. Come, Mr. Mayor, let us not intrude further upon the time of these good peasants. Ah, my suitcase, please, Harlot. Thank you. Well, of all the dirty loads... McGee, look huh? out the window. Huh? Where? On the porch. Boomer is giving the mayor some money. Huh? He's dividing up the hundred dollars with it. Why, those dirty crooks. It was a frame-up. Let me at it. 40, 45, 50. There you are, Mr. Mayor, and I hope that in the future... I'll All right, just a minute there. I caught you in the act, didn't I? What do you mean, McGee? Oh, we saw you divvying up the swag, didn't we, dearie? I'll say we did. Working together, huh? Just a couple of shakedown artists. Bunko boys. A fine mayor. Yes, helping a crook like Boomer to shake down innocent citizens. Why, of all Excuse the... me, Mrs. McGee. Mr. Boomer's aunt is moving into a house owned by me. The first month's rent in advance is $50. This is the $50. Oh. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Excuse me, the trivia. I guess I... My lawyers will call on you tomorrow, McGee, to start suit for defamation of character. And I have no prison record. Good day. Oh, dear. Oh, sure. Oh, taxi. <laughs> Ne 
Nearly everybody has had the experience of rubbing a nice red apple to make it shine. But few people realize that the apple shines because it is protected with a coating of wax. The petals of the rose are also wax-protected. So marvelously does nature safeguard the life and beauty of her kingdom. Centuries ago, man began to copy nature by using wax for protection. Over 50 years ago, S.C. Johnson perfected a blending of waxes for use on floors. Today, Johnson's wax is used in millions of homes, not only for protection of floors, furniture, and woodwork, but also to bring greater beauty to our homes. A Johnson waxed floor grows more beautiful every day. Floors that are waxed never need scrubbing. They're easily cleaned and work is saved throughout the year. Be sure always to have genuine Johnson's wax, either paste, liquid, or cream, in your home. It has over 100 labor-saving uses. Trivia just called up. Well, what does he want now? He isn't going to sue. Oh. <laughs> he was just scaring us. <laughs> well, that's nice. Yeah. Say, how did you happen to have $100 in your pocket? Who, me? Yes, you. Where'd you get it? Out of that suitcase. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it might be counterfeit, and I was going to check with the bank. <laughs> Good night. Good night, all. <laughs> Carlo Wilcox, speaking for the makers of Johnson's Wax Finishes for Home and Industry, inviting you all to be with us again next Tuesday night. Good night. Have you looked carefully at the paint job of your car recently? Chances are it needs cleaning and polishing, an essential part of any program of better car maintenance. You can give your car back its original showroom shine with Johnson's Car New, the labor-saving polish that both cleans and polishes in one application, two jobs at once in quick time. It's no fun driving a car that's dull and dingy. Why not make a note now to buy a can of Johnson's Car New tomorrow? It's spelled C-A-R-N-U. This program came to you from Hollywood. This is the National Broadcasting Company. Mm-hmm.